Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are talking about teams, adding overseas team members, and what staff you need to keep in your home country. So let's get started. Hey, Mark, how are you doing? I'm all right, Ian. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Well, today we thought we'd talk about something that we've not spoken about before and it's it's growing your e-commerce team it's knowing when to hire and i think it's very important because we always assume that it's a given that you know you're going to grow the team and and if we're we're really driving growth and we're plowing in advertising revenue and you're scaling your traffic's growing and your revenue's growing and your lifetime customer buyer's coming up and you're thinking about you know, expanding your warehouse, you know, very quickly it's, it becomes apparent. And I think, Mark, we see this often and over and over and over again. That the bottleneck of the business becomes the, the you, the person, the owner. Mm. And it's very important that you know when to hire and who to hire. And otherwise, you just you're going to burn out. And it's and I think, OK, Actually, I won't say burnout because when someone who is very entrepreneurial and really pushing hard, they they think that doesn't apply to them. And I think the, the most relevant thing is that you end up doing jobs that are not important and you take the eye off the ball because you, you can't you can't do everything. So I think mm. that's probably more, you know, the damaging I think it's like it's the opportunity you don't realize you're missing out on. Like I find that I get very, very busy and I start holding back Uh, and I don't, you know, maybe I'm aware of it to some extent, but I think even more so subconsciously, I'll just go, well, I won't do that at the moment because I just can't cope with the amount of orders coming in. So I'll I'll kind of, you know, I won't go and follow that up and I won't do that. And maybe we won't, you know, you start putting those blocks in place that you think you're not. But as soon as they're gone, you suddenly got you realize that there's all this other stuff that your brain can give you to do that you could have been doing all along. And it's 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 knowing that. So I think the other thing to mention as well is when we say about teams, specifically because of a lot of the smaller people who are on the, you know, the, the 10K core, the 20K core groups, the first people that they will hire will probably be an overseas employee, to be honest. Um, just because of the stage mm. of revenue, it's, you know, some of them haven't even started paying themselves. So it's very difficult to go and take on someone in their own country. So often their first employee is an overseas employee. Um, and so I think we should talk about the process. Yeah. Well, for that. before, before, yeah, just, just, just take a step back. I think the, que- I think the first question is when, when do you think you should start thinking about, taking on your first employee and, and actually what what normally in your experience out of all the people that we coach what's the first on, on average what's the first people they hire and when do they typically do it 
at what stage? Yeah, so usually the first person they hire is someone to come and help with uh, packing and, 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 and shipping, usually. Um, because that will be their biggest bottleneck. You'll, you'll, you'll be talking to them and they'll be like, well, I'm just so busy getting these orders out. I mean, you saw, um, you know, Susie, who's on the le le level two, she, she, she was just like surrounded by products in her house, like completely her house was completely taken over by it. So that was the thing that she needed to get sorted first. Um, with some help with kind of delivery because when that kicks off I mean you've been doing it all you know you think you can kind of cope and you can to some extent but it's it's probably the first thing you need to have, get help with that said some people have some products that aren't that difficult to ship you know it's like small it's easy you can just put it in an envelope and it gets sent and, out so it really depends lot, on what, what you a lot of people but a lot of people have third-party logistics don't they 3PL exactly yeah so and that's obviously a great way to go obviously you've got to factor that in your margin but that can yeah. be a you know that can be a good way to get yeah, so that can be your first i mean your first employee could be third-party logistics that's okay. another way of outsourcing that but then so let's well let's yeah. assume that that you know your picking and packing is covered yeah. you know by either a 3pl or you've got your warehouse and, you, and you've already got your pick and pack sources yeah so the the next employee is going to depend on the e-commerce business so like uh, the the guys at the golf uh, the golf shop, they they were doing a lot of um, they got a lot of third party uh, suppliers and they had to physically go on the stores and check the stock and stuff because they didn't have live stock fees and didn't so that was clearly something that was repeatable that was done all the time that they could get someone to do in and and, and I think if you look at your business and the stuff you're doing and you're doing stuff that you know someone else could do. Um, that you shouldn't be doing, those are the things to outsource first. So we're, we're talking about live chat, customer support, chasing orders, chasing um, delivery companies, chasing couriers. Those kind of things is probably where you'd put in your, um, your first kind of overseas employee, usually called like a VA. So that was the first one I, I added. I added a personal VA, which basically meant I could have someone that would help me with my day-to-day -day stuff. So you know, even my email, she helps me go through my email and just gets rid of all the stuff in my email that I don't need to see. And that, that I've given her processes to do. If this email comes in, this is what you need to do. I don't need to do it because you're going to go and follow this, what we call them SOPs, you know, standard operating procedure. You go and do that and it's done. And I don't need to know about it unless something goes wrong. So that was yeah. the, that's probably your first person is okay. someone to help you as a, at a VA level. Um, and then you okay. start from there. Okay, so so when you've got your first person, so what next then? If you've got your first VA and they're doing you know, the basic things there, well, what you know what what should you ask yourself? What should your team? Yeah, so you know, I, I guess, what next? Yeah, so once you've got your first person, um, I start asking myself a question. It's like you know, every time I'm doing something, is there's two questions. So the first question I ask myself is. Um, basically, could someone apart from me be doing this? And the second question, is this something that we'll need doing repeatedly? Because it, 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 sometimes if it's a one off and it's still annoying, it, you know, it's a, it, you're not really going to make tie, extra time from it by doing a, a video and a SOP and all that kind of stuff. But if it's something you have to do once a week or once a month uh, and you find yourself doing it over and over, that's the kind of thing that you can create a video. This is how we do this. 
this is the standard statement of procedure. You put it in a document and then you say, if this fails, I want I want you to do this. I want you to go and post on this, mm. you know, thread. You know what? It's, failed. it's so important because I, I know that you and I, you know, we've been working working together for like 17 years now. And we it took us years to figure this one out. And we were really good at creatively solving problems or coming mm. up with ideas of you know really cool strategy. But we would we would then you know try and implement them within the business. And it took us ages to realize that you had to put an SOP, a standard standard operating procedure in place to check these things were happening. Yeah. And yeah. that's, I think, one of the things that, that our overseas team did, and they really, they really helped that, is they, they made sure that people in the UK and uh, New Zealand were doing what they were supposed to be doing. And they weren't, yeah. in, in a lot of cases, they weren't actually doing you know, the fundamental work, but they were checking that the team was doing the fundamental work. Yeah, and that was that was, that key, was really what happened key. was you'd have a critical failure. Something would happen. You, you Everybody would be like, oh, my God, that can never happen again. You'd have a big meeting to say, like, let's put this procedure in place to make sure that doesn't happen again. People would do that procedure for three months. And then because you haven't had a critical failure, it would just stop being done. People would stop, you know, having that special meeting, stop looking at that different stuff. So what the overseas team did for us was they put a weekly check to make sure that the thing we put in place was actually happening each week. And that was huge. Yeah. That was absolutely huge because, you know, it, every, you know, and then it just happens. People stop doing it. They just stop doing it. And you go, why have you stopped doing this? And they go, oh, because I got busy. And it's like, well, the reason we're doing this is because of that critical failure, and you, you know. It's all those things. So yeah. it's knowing yeah. what's not happening because it's like having having a mistake. Something go wrong in your business once is, is you know, is unavoidable. But doing the same mistake twice is annoying. Yeah. So I think I, I think you 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 know I I'm particularly bad. Uh, well, I think I'm I can do everything. You know yeah. I I think I you know I, I I believe I can take on so much and. Um, I, I'm notoriously bad at, at delegating and, you know, I was, I was, I don't know why that is, but I find myself wanting to be at the center of everything. And, but I, but I must admit when we, when we've, when we've had grown up, you know, we've got now what, 35 people in the UK and, you know, how many, how, how big is the oversource team now? Eight. Eight. So, you know, when you start to get people around you, you it's great. You go, oh, my God, it's amazing. I don't have to do this myself anymore. It's incredible. It's such a wonderful feeling. Um, you know, and I, you know, it is really important. But once so once you start, you've just got to have them there. And I think you know, even if you think, oh, I'm not quite ready, you just you just get going mm. because it just gives you the capacity mentally to start thinking about the other more important things. You know, and really anything that you can give to somebody else, you should do. Mm. So, so, so how do you recruit then? What's the start? How well, let's you, just, how do you start just before we do that, let's go through the kind of things you can outsource in an e-commerce business. So I just wanted yeah. to kind of go through a few things. There. So live chat, telephone sales, um, uh, well, telephone, you know, picking up the telephone, order processing, customer support, obviously, uh, inventory management, new product uploading 
new copywriting, you basically can do, you know, if you give them a template for copywriting and they're quite good, they can do 90% of it. And then you can come and do the, t- the 10%. And that just saves so much time because you, once someone's yeah. done something, you can correct it. Whereas if you're looking at a blank sheet of paper, it's very difficult. Media buying, you can get people to run, you know, your AdWords and your Facebook ads to some extent. Again, they can do 90% of it. You can come and do the t- top 10%, you know, kind of write the ads and do all that kind of stuff. And and get that and then just say, look, this is the process I want you to follow. Uh, release testing, like we talked about quality, like when you do a new release and you do something, like you know, if you have testing, a big, yeah. yeah, so you have a big e-commerce, you know, thing go live, you put a new extension on, you can go and say, right, I need you to go and test the site, make sure it can, people can buy it, make sure it works on all the browsers, all that stuff. Um, yeah. When something goes wrong, you can actually get them to create the, the, the SOP, say, look, you know, and I've got my team good enough now to say, look, this went wrong. What, what can we do to stop this happening? And they just go and create this standard procedure. And they say, well, how long would you, how often do you want us to run this? And we go, okay, once a week and it's done. Um, so that's good. Email, email yeah. newsletter. That's a big time, time drain, creating your email newsletters. Uh, often it can be done, you know, fairly templated and you can actually get them to do again, 90% of that. And you come and do the 10%. Usually the 10% is done as the setup. You kind of decide what you're going to send and then they kind of do the rest of it. They can do with the testing all that kind of stuff, make sure it's all the links are working, all that kind of stuff. And then just any admin tasks you shouldn't be doing in any business. There's always loads of admin tasks that just need to be doing over and over, like a particular supplier that always wants a certain report sent on a Monday or, you know, those things that people need to be chased on because so and so and so happens. And it's all mm. those little things in the business that suddenly you yeah. can go, I'll be yes, pulling, can do that. pulling off data from, you know, Google Analytics or your email systems and putting it yeah. into a, a Google Sheet spreadsheet. You know, I mean, I know you can automate that. That's, you know, but there's loads of little things that you can't. Or if you said, if you tried to automate it, to pull it all into one centralized Google Sheet, you'd probably take you six months to do it. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's little it. things. It's like little warnings as well. Like, let me know if I want you to look, check every week. And if the unsubscribe rate goes above a certain late, I want to yeah. know, you know. And what is really cool about having an overseas team is it forces you to systemize the tasks because mm. you can't just say, uh, go and go and have a think about our unsubscribe rate. You know, you've got to go, well, what's you know, what's the tangible thing that we can use to manage this? Right. If our unsubscribe rate goes above 0.5 percent of our overall subscriber rate, which, by the way, is what I would say is about average. You don't want it to be any higher than that. Um, yeah. You know, let me know. Yeah. And, you know, straight away. And, and you know, and, and loads of things like that. And it just forces yeah. you to think about it methodically and mm. scaling because this is scalability. If you can't figure this out, if you can't do this, you can't scale. Yeah. You know, you yeah. will become the bottleneck. And there's yeah. always some glass ceiling in any business. And you don't want that to be you. You know, you don't want to look back and years to come and go, oh, well, I could have scaled it. You know, I got it to half a million you know, a year, but I, I could, I could have get it to go, I could have gone to 10, but I, you know, I, yeah. I just, I was just a bottleneck, you know, you know, I bet it's, you, it's, honestly, yeah, it's you like this, people always you'd say be a lot more stressed. If you're running a, a half million business, you're doing it all yourself. You'll be a lot more stressed than the one who's doing it at 10 million. Cause you'll have, you'll have so many systems and things around you helping oh, yeah. you do it. Yeah. Cause you can't, so you can't get it. to that level. You know, this because it, in order to yeah. get to the 10 million, you have to have systems in place because otherwise you just, you're not going to give you the, the self brain share to actually go out and be yeah. able to do the things That's to get you to 10 million. So, so let me ask you a question. Yeah. You've said some things that you should outsource. 
When we say yeah. outsource, we mean grow your overseas team. They work for you. Yeah. Don't yeah. we? We don't say go and give it to a you know you know a, a third party. We're saying employ people directly. Yeah. But yeah. What should you not then do overseas? What should you do? You know, typically, or where do you think? People yeah, should be in their own that. same country. Yeah, I think I think you should always have top level support so that that the the overseas team can, if something's very difficult, they can raise it to top level support. Now that might be you at the beginning, but you should always have an ability to raise something to someone because you just do sometimes get things that are really difficult. They just happen in the business, and you know, no matter what SOPs you've got written, there's always something that you know, happens like, you know, the bank calls and says, um, by the way, this is fraudulent. You know, those kind of things that you just need to kind of get involved with. So I think you always need to have a top layer of support. And also, I think once you get to a certain size, um, an overall strategist, so that will actually tie everything together. I mean, to be honest, you're not going to get to that stage until you're probably doing about you know, for maybe through two million, what do you think, Ian, where you would kind of start employing someone at that level? Well, I think you, I think you, I mean, I think you're probably right. I think, you know, you'd, you've got to, you know, the core has got to be understanding the job to be done, you know, understanding how you drive desirability or convincibility. You know, you've, your whole business architecture, your business design, you know, has got to be done internally. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to have your senior, senior leadership team with you on that journey. And, you know, that's really important. You can't outsource that. You can't really give that to, to you know, just an employee. You can't go, oh, I've employed a strategist. You know, you've got to really drive that. You've got to own yeah. that with them. I, I um, think also another one is, let's say you're in something like homeware or fashion or something really, really um, aspirational then photography is much better done you know, in the UK or the yeah. with it with it with it with someone because it is a different look and it, it it's got to be absolutely spot on. So like you've seen a lot of these Chinese factories and I've been talking to a lot of Chinese factories who used to deal with like third party wholesalers in the UK. Now they're going direct. They they'll still do the products direct, but the the photography and the branding and the copywriting will be done in the country they're trying to sell in because they realize that that is the thing that actually makes it all kind of tie together. Mm. So those are the things that really you've got to keep in house or at least do, you know, with a third party, because um, that message is very, very important. Yeah. And, the well, that, and that sort of thing, what you do typically is you'd go to a UK agency who specializes in that. Yeah. And that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and you, yeah. And I think, you know, when that gets onto it, there's a whole level. I mean, this is this is this is just you know what you do initially. Yeah. You know, who do you outsource to? So okay, so we've talked about some things that you would do, your jobs you would give them. You talk about the questions that you've asked. You know, should should could someone else be doing this apart from me? Is it something I'm going to be doing repeatedly? So how do you start then? So if you're in this position where you're absolutely like crammed at the rafters, you can't move mentally or you know you're going to scale quick and you're building this business to you know might be doing half a million now but you're saying i'm going to build this business as if i was doing five ten twenty million 
Well, it, it might not even might even not even be that level. I mean, some people might want a holiday, or they might want to take a weekend off, or they might no, want to just a bit of silly, bit of spend people time. that have holidays. <laughs> so um, you know, like just 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 be sensible. With what can you're I doing. can I just say can I just say one of the things that Mark always used to have on his Skype profile, uh, you know, image of his you know his user for his Skype account. Was was him holding a martini glass with a big smiley face on, and I made him change it because it used to really annoy me because he was based in New Zealand and I was based in the UK, so I was at the like the coal face of all the hell that was going on and all the critical problems. And I'd I'd often be driving home at night and I would be leaving you a Skype voicemail and I would see this smiley face sitting on a beach drinking this martini <laughs> glass from the, and I would be like you absolute git change this goddamn profile and i made you change the picture i mean that must have been 10 years ago it was that and was in did. raffles that was in raffles I in want... singapore that was yeah i remember i we went to singapore didn't we and we said this was where you took that picture so i yeah, made you I... change it to a really depressing picture that made you yeah. really unhappy i took it to the wrong bar though i've since been back and realized there's actually an indoor oh, really? bar that we... yeah there is yeah but oh, we're not allowed we to go, go now we'll have to go next next no. time we were. Got a lot of customers. Got a lot of customers in Singapore now. I know. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> and the pod, and they listen to the podcast. They do. Yeah. 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 Someone told me we were um, like the most popular marketing podcast in the Philipp- uh, in Singapore. And it's like God. Singapore. What else? Well, like, surely I've got something else to listen to. Anyway. Yeah. So basically, you're asking about like, how to recruit. Okay. So if you want to, if you want to recruit, this is our process that we do. And we've, we've got obviously got eight people over, over, over in the Philippines now. And our process is the first thing we do is we post a job. uh, We get a, you know, a job spec together and post it on um, the popular job boards over there. Now, the most important thing is when you're writing that job is to make sure it looks like a proper job and you're writing it with, you know, the, with the, the ways that, you know, let's say the Philippines work. So they have like 13 month pay, for example, which is a specific thing over there. And they have certain um, statutory things that you've got to do. So writing the job so it looks like a proper job over there is going to get you a better standard of, of, of applicant. Second thing we do is we use our uh, existing team to help recruit. So, you know, once you've got good people, you can, you can use the existing team to reach out to their network and recruit. And obviously you can offer them a finder's fee for um, recruiting someone else. So um, that's also good. And then you'll tend to get, you know, quite a lot of applications. So the first thing we do is we actually get our existing team to do the first interviews. But of course, if this is your first person, you're going to have to do those first interviews uh, yourself. Um, and what I, what I, when I first took my first person on, the first interviews, um, I was basically I knew that I wanted to build a hub around this first person. So I wanted this person to be absolutely spot on. So I was making sure that someone was looking for a long-term position, that someone was going to work with me for a long time, and that the the investment I was going to put into them was going to pay off. So I was making sure they didn't want to move overseas. They didn't want to, um, you know, go and move to a different city and all that stuff. Because I knew that I wanted to maybe end up with maybe 20 employees, and therefore I needed to have them all in the same city. So if you're just looking for one, then obviously the city is not important. But if you are going to think about having a hub and build a kind of office over there, then obviously they all need to be in the same 
the same city so that and and when you recruit them you say look you know you'll be working from home at the beginning but once i get three employees then we'll be moving to an office and will you be happy moving to the office so you're laying all the groundwork in for all of mm. that stuff um so that you 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 know what you're building and you're building towards something so that's what i did i chose davo in the philippines as my place where i i um where i've now hired a house um, and, and everybody works in the house and because you want people in the same place because it takes more pressure off you when you have them in the same house. Because if you've got people working from home all over the place, you then have to train them kind of separately. But whereas if they sit next to each other, you go, oh, mm. could you just learn this process? And they're sitting right there and they can ask. Well, they questions. train each no, other. They do. Don't yeah. they? And I think that's we've the, lost the I mean, since COVID in the UK. I think we've lost a lot of that you know kind of like those little interactions um oh people yeah not being able to just talk to people and stuff like that so um yeah so depending on where you, you're getting so basically this you've got to the point where you've got you've done the first interview you know they're gonna uh you know they want a, a long-time position they can talk to you. you you can see they're not an idiot um and you kind of flush them out that way then they'd go and do um i think we do three or four tests with them and the first test, I think, is like a personality test. Um, I think we used to do an IQ test. I don't think we do one anymore, but something like that, you know, like aptitude tests, those kind of things. Um, I think it's actually illegal in the UK to do an IQ test. So we can't do that. But you can do other types of things that kind of give you a similar answer. Um, and then we do we actually got a, a, a task. So we've got a video with it which is explain a video and then an excel task where we say well this is you watch this video and you do these set steps and this is what you do and then once they've you know followed the video they should be able to send the completed excel spreadsheet of manipulating the data or whatever it is to us and then we'll check it to see whether they've done it right and during mm. that task we, there's a few kind of like gotcha moments where like we've given them a password we've given them the wrong password and a few things where we need to understand like, what happens if they get the wrong password. Do they actually, um, you know, mention it to us? Do they come and say, look, I've got the wrong password. It's not working because you find a lot of people actually just give up and don't even are too embarrassed or whatever or too lazy to even turn up and say, look, you've given me the wrong password. So, you know, it's just giving them a task that they can't really complete without asking gives you an idea about how 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 they're going to work out in the real world. Mm. And once they've gone through those uh, few tasks and they've kind of come out and we've just got certain levels of, of, of things that they need to do to go through those tasks, then then that would then whittle them down to maybe like two or three candidates and then do a fi final interview with with me. This, um, and uh, I would then ask them quite specific questions about their experience and what they're interested in, because I'm very aware after now training a lot of i've trained a lot of people on google adwords i've trained a lot of people on facebook ads i've trained a lot of people on a load of different things and, and one of the key things is whether they have an interest in it it's whether it's something that is exciting to them because i you know out of those eight people i know probably tried to train maybe five of them into google adwords and only maybe three of them have kind of picked it up um and so and the difference is the people who picked it up, they wanted to do it and they were interested in it and it excited them in their brain. So they have to have that kind of brain. And you can't if you get someone, even if they're all the will in the world, you just can't create that spark. So that's kind of what you're looking for.
same with Facebook ads or, you know, whatever. And you know, do they have an interest in uh, online e-commerce and business and things mm. like that? You know, um, because often, you know, the people I took on, they didn't even know what online e-commerce was. They didn't know what an online shop was when I first took them on. Um, but, if, you know, if you get the right people, it's amazing how far you can take them. Um, uh, I'd say that my Philippine team are, are as good, if not better, than some, you know, some of my the, the, the people I've trained in AdWords in the UK. Um, mm. So there's no there's no reason why they can't be uh, better than uh, better than than you. Yeah. So so you, you know, it, what you say, you, well, you got you got you got to put the time and the effort in, haven't you? You know, mm. you mm. you can't assume that they're going to know it straight away. No, no, they won't. To, they won't. They yeah. won't know it. You just no. it's basically finding the right person, especially that first yeah. person. First person's got to be really trustworthy. Yeah. They've got to have a really good work ethic, and you've got to think: Can this per- can I build a team around this person? Because they are going to be the ones that recruit them. They'll, they'll probably be the ones that will rent the house for you. You know, like all, all those things. And so, uh, the biggest thing I would say: first one's the biggest is that, one. Is is that with the first one? If you're not sure, don't take them on. Just just go and you know keep waiting. Keep keep spending money on on getting in front of people tweet your job ad until you get that right person or i mean for, for anybody listening to this who's in our, any of our our training um uh, mentoring programs so like level one sorry 10k core or 20k core or level two we actually do this for you we make our recruitment process available to you we can't do that for just anybody listening to the podcast because we just get completely overwhelmed but anybody we're mentoring will actually help you go and get your first overseas employee because um, it's that important to get it right. And so um, if you are interested mm. in doing that, get, you know, it's the first one, the hardest one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which is why it's so critical. Can we talk about, are we, are we, can we talk about salary or anything now? Like the costs, not our, not our cost, but yeah. You know, I mean, I think, salaries there I, think or I think that's important. Um, so you, you're looking so let's say Philippines, like an entry level Philippines, like school lever, you could probably get for about 300 US dollars a month is at full time. So um, but obviously a school lever is not going to know very much, but they will be able to do a lot of the, the admin tasks that you would want them to do. So, you know, that's kind of like the level and then mid level 500, 600 and then top level kind of a thousand US dollars. So what's top plus, level? Well, yeah. you know, someone who's manager, senior supervisors, those kind of things, who've got a lot of experience, who can take a lot off you. And then you then and then. But if you're looking for developers, they're even they're even more. But to be honest, it's not something I have personally outsourced. All our developers are in the UK. Um, I found it harder mm. to, 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 to outsource developers. And I think that's mostly because I'm not a developer myself. Um, I can do. You know, I can go and get. Um, I mean, I, I'm I've been a media buyer for such a long time that it's easier for me to go and train people in media well, buying. You complete. You understand it's at the core, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. if I was a developer yeah. and I found the right person, maybe over a couple of mm. years, I could I could have got an amazing development team set up. But I don't understand yeah. it enough to 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 do that. So I think if you've got the skill yourself, um, you could probably take that person. But I think. You've got to realize that you know just being able to go over there and get like a magento developer off the shelf is just not going to happen um yeah even even a shopify front end 
you know, someone that's good. They're just not sitting around also, there waiting. I think, I think from a development perspective, there's a danger that if you outsource stuff overseas development wise, you never get the efficiencies that you should have. And, you know, so, for example, you might, you know, you might be, you know, from, well, from our perspective, when we were building sites, when we build sites for other companies, you know, you, you know, you, if you, if you, if you're clever and you're smart, you can get super efficient with your development work. And if you outsource, you never get that efficiency because you just, you keep throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, and the think, so it's a bit different, but I think the, I think the absolute obvious ones are those, are those sort of, you know, data related tasks, the, you know, the basic customer service, the live chat, the email response, the, the product entry, you know, mm-hmm. the, those, the SOPs checking things are happening, you know, monitoring the AdWords accounts. If, you know, if X or Y, or y happens, alert me or and it does this, mm-hmm. those things are just, and there's so much about e-commerce, which is those things. Yeah. So much. You know, even like, like what, monitoring your competitors, of, like, like oh, monitoring yeah, competitors' offers and stuff like that. Monitoring, yeah. yeah, signing, getting them to sign up to your competitors' emails, and letting yeah. you know, and when they, when they're doing an offer, you know, you alert, you keep a record of it. There's there's so much of e-commerce that's that, you know, yeah. maybe less than ten percent, maybe five percent is actually those real high-level strategic business-level decisions. You know, and that's mm-hmm. where you will get around a table, you know, once a month and you really understand those KPIs. And, and then the rest of it is actually, you know, the, the day to day grind of it. Mm-hmm. And you need to keep yourself free to have the energy to do those fun, strategic, you know, KPI driven, big mm-hmm. game changing decisions. And that's super exciting. But you've got to have the energy to do that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you otherwise, you go, oh, God, I just can't, I just, I just don't, I just don't want to. Well, it's also feeling like, I mean, I think you can be very lonely in an e-commerce business at the beginning. You can be on your own. And like when you, you know, now you've got a team that you talk to every day and they're, they're working with you. And even if they're overseas, it still feels like you're part of something and then we're all working towards something. Mm-hmm. And that, that certainly helps. Yeah. Oh, and, I can't tell you the feeling that you get when you've got a good team around you, you know, oh, yeah. it's so powerful such a yeah. wonderful comfort feeling you know how yeah. awesome you know you you have a great meeting with your team and you tell them right go you know do this do this do this and off they go and do it why my god it's incredible yeah. it's good it's better yeah. than you could do it yeah you no know? it is because they could they, they'll do things with enthusiasm because you've been doing the same thing for five years and they're just coming at yeah. it with a new fresher pair of eyes and they're like oh maybe we could do it like this and maybe we could do it like that and maybe we could actually improve this and all that kind of stuff and you've got you've um, you got to do it you've got to do yeah. it always just get bored yeah yeah i don't <laughs> want to get bored no yeah so that's our process really that's what we've used to to recruit people and i've been doing i've been you know using overseas worker for at least 15 years i've had people in nigeria i've had people in um philippines i've had people in uh india um i've had people all over the place and to be honest the best best people i've I've found to work with is the philippines um I, i don't know whether i've just been lucky or not but it works works for me. I, I get on with them very very well, and I said we have a similar kind of culture and wavelength. Um, and you know that, that's where I've 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 you know found someone and, and managed to recruit a big team. And I, I presume I can't see any reason why I wouldn't keep recruiting and and keep doing more of the mm-hmm. same because it's it's been very very rewarding. And I think that there will be a change 
you know, when I go from eight people to like 20 people, you know, there'll be different things to learn and different cultures. And, you know, you're, you're running quite a big team over there at that point. Um, and a yeah. friend of mine who's got a team over there, he's got 60 people over there. Uh, and he has to go out there now. He has to go out there maybe three times a year and actually spend time over there. And I think that if you ever got that big, you'd have to think that, yeah, you would need to do that because you'd get so much benefits from being out there right with them face to face. But for me, it's only an eight yeah. hour plane drive, uh, uh, plane ride. I know, know people in the UK might sound that sounds a lot. But for me, when I travel to the UK, it's like 32 hours on the plane. So eight hours actually seems like a small jaunt to yes. um, for the weekend. You know? It's just a relaxing. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So what any any like top tips like any what about you know, if it doesn't work out? Oh, I think, yeah, you've got to fire fast. You have to fire yeah. fast because you will wish those um, what you want an employee too much. I mean, I've done that so many times that um, oh God. You know, it just costs. Yeah. It just costs so much wasted time. And I think the rule is, is like employees tend to be A, B, C, D players. And it's quite obvious who is a D player. It's quite obvious who's an A player. It's not obvious who's a B and a C player. But basically what you mm. do is you only take A players. And even if, they, it, and if they're not obviously an A player, come Don't waste your time because you don't know. You don't know whether they're B players. You don't really want B players in your team I anyway. think, you know, often, often I think you, you often do know. You know, if, you, if you're the owner, owner of the business, it doesn't matter. Overseas, UK, wherever you are around the world, yeah. you know. Straight away, you yeah. know that they're not right, yet you give them the benefit of the doubt over and over and over again. Uh, we do this because we're nice people and we and we think, oh, my God, we're still giving them the benefit of the doubt, you know, two years later. And, you know, yeah, so, and it, it causes stupid. so much damage. I mean, I had the guy yeah. I had it in Nigeria for years. I thought he was good. And then until I got my new film, I was like, she did what he did in three days. And then what well, he did in a month, she did it in three days. And then she turned around to me and said, oh, can I have some more work? I was like, what do you mean, Jim, with some work? Like, you know, so I've just done it. I've just done it. And I should have got rid of him. I did it for like yeah. five years. I should have got rid of him yeah. straight away. But it, you just, it's it's just a learning process. And, you know, you've got to, you've got to fire fast. You just have to, because it, otherwise yeah. your business just stagnates around poor staff. Yeah. So get it get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well that sounds great, Mark. Yeah. Thank awesome. you very much. Well, thank you, Ian. Okay. And I uh, hopefully people will be thinking about getting their first staff member over in the Philippines or wherever they're gonna do it and taking a load off and preparing themselves for the next level of growth, or even just allowing themselves to have the, the occasional evening at home without having to pack products no. or do stuff no it's not allowed it Isn't must it? be very stressful and you, you must Don't be feeling a level of anxiety at all it's, times especially when you hold for him to, to be needed at night yeah, yeah. I, I, I need to be needed especially yeah, yeah one o'clock in the morning that's yeah. very important that you wake up with anxiety yeah <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> all right guys we'll speak to you next okay. week okay all right bye. thank you Bye. Thanks, Mark.